Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yotis B, Sportive Time. Hi, John. Brandon, do you remember when the Sportive was more than just you and me talking to each other? Vaguely. I'm a dad, father of two. Memories to me are fairly fleeting at this point, but... Yeah, right. I do remember other people that were, if I'm remembering this right, funny. Yeah, I really like them. Interesting. I guess what I'm saying is I miss them a lot. Yes. Yep. They are just done with us. We get an email yeah. from them occasionally telling us that they're not going to be in. Other times we're just blatantly ignored. But <laughs> yeah, we do have two other people that are technically still part of this podcast, and we do hope to see our dear friends again someday. Right. So I guess what I'm saying is stick with us, listeners. It gets better. Yes, it does. But as they say in the business of show, the show must go on. Right. We're all about show business here on this podcast. There's no business like show business, John. It brings us to our first topic, which is, of course, the NFL. The NFL. (laughs) Do, 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 do. That's all I know. Do, 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 there do, it is. I do, knew there was more to do, it. Do, do, do. This is terrible da, 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 all, right. all right. It's the <laughs> NFL <laughs> preview, sportive style. So, I'm just gonna Brandon's gonna talk for 30 minutes and I'm just gonna sing NFL primetime music, like the old school NFL primetime music from ESPN behind him. Okay, so I'll make a comment and you can either do an old Song or jingle or something Chris Berman used to say. No, I, I refuse to be the Chris Berman of this podcast. <laughs> I already have to pretend to be everybody's mom for some reason. That is true. I'm not also going to be Chris Berman. I do love our do forced empathy role-playing bit that we do sometimes. <laughs> I think before we start, I remember being a kid and genuinely loving Chris Berman. And then I grew up and Berman didn't get any better. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's right. That's exactly what happened, I think, and I think we all know it, including him. Right. He just continued to tell the same jokes, man. Yeah, if we, the people in the ESPN studio should have stopped laughing at him. That was the only way. Yeah, but I think their target demo was also probably pasty dads who were getting old at the same frequency and the same rate as him, and they just continued right. to have their sense of humor go down the toilet along with him, so... Right. It probably worked if you out were okay over, for Chris Berman. I can't if you were over 50, us. Right. Chris Berman doesn't care. Chris Berman's done fine. All right. Let's talk NFL instead of random asides. The, the, the Vikings play a, a football game this week that counts in the standings. So let's talk through 
our famous segment in which we discuss the ins and outs of who is new to the team this year and who's not on the team this year. Uh, it's a, I call it our famous segment because I make us do it every year because I never know. So right. correct me if I'm wrong here. We we finally, after like 11 years of complaining about it from the fans, finally drafted an offensive lineman in the first round. True? That's correct. And as I understand it, from glancing at what Bill Barnwell writes and glancing at what the ringer writes at times, it seems like it was a pretty good pick and we're going to be a little bit better because of him? Everybody seems to think so. Okay, okay. He's. <laughs> it, it's impossible to talk about the, the new center without talking about how apparently he also sweats on the ball a lot. Right. Which is strange. You know, I think we talked about that on the last podcast. It's It's been a couple of weeks, so we don't need to cover that again. But that seems... It's it's strange. It's very strange. I mean, it seems like it's surmountable, but not optimal. Right. Right. So that's so the they thing. Got, yep. Mm-hmm. They, ha- they have a new center. They also seem to have, like, I don't exactly know how many new offensive linemen they have, but there's a bunch, and that's good because their offensive line was genuinely terrible. Then it got worse. Then they tried to fix it, which was like, you remember the the Deepwater Horizon thing with the oil, the the oil pipe that was spilling a billion gallons of oil into the Gulf of Mexico every day? Right, right. Yep. What they did to the Vikings offensive line was like sending you and me down there with a hefty bag (laughs) trying to plug that thing up. Right. So that's okay. So it got a little bit better and that's fine. Yeah. Is it also fair to say that... um, Gary Kubiak is new this year. That's that's correct. The Vikings, who were unhappy with their offensive coordinator last year. Get out of here. The who? <laughs> now have three different offensive coordinators. Yep. To, 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 to blame when things go wrong. Yeah, scapegoats. We're going to throw it to choke. And uh, Mike Zimmer is steadfast that he's going to run the ball this year. Right, because all what? the best offenses don't do that. So he goes, "We're gonna, we're gonna zag." I think when you looked at teams that were immensely successful last year, like the the Rams and the Chiefs, what you saw about them is there are teams that they they run the ball first, they run the ball foremost, and sometimes they run the ball exclusively. Sure, I mean yeah. nobody can even name who the quarterback of either of those teams are. Because they threw the ball so little. Neither of them had a young rookie quarterback that was amazing or anything like that. Right. They just, they established a run and they stuck with the run. And, you know, 45, 50 times a game, what the Chiefs would do would just run the ball in between the tackles. And that's why they won. With Larry Johnson, I think. Right. There was Larry Johnson and there was... Priest Holmes. Christian Okoye. Christian Okoye, yep. And uh, Barry something. I, I feel like at this point I should stop and ask Wade to fact check whether Kristen Okoye was actually from Nigeria. Yeah, that I think was, he was. Right. I think he was. I mean, his nickname, again, we're getting back to Chris Berman here, was the Nigerian Nightmare. Right. And I just realized that he might actually not have been Nigerian. That just was super racist. Sure. Yeah, no. He's probably from Toledo. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is like this is like now if you went back and got uh, a video a VHS tape that you got with your Sports Illustrated subscription in like 1988, and it was all like guys getting concussions on passes over the middle while broadcasters chortled in the background, like whoa, his helmet flew off. Jack, look up at that, segment, he, greatest of all he time. He can't he can't even walk straight. They they screamed what jacked up in unison on TV Here, in our lifetime. <laughs> Here's three hours of that. Here's three hours of head injuries watching people's lives get shortened. Yep. I mean, the, the same is true in hockey. I, I Actually, I think Don Cherry still puts out the old Rock'em Sock'em hockey tapes where it's just either people punching each other in the face or people getting head injuries. It's it's hilarious. I enjoy it. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to say two offensive linemen, at least, yeah, two of them. Uh, that's good news. Gary Kubiak is a shrug emoji, probably. It, well, usually Gary Kubiak being around, as I understand it, is good for a running back. So you'd think that's good news for Delvin Cook. Is the it, only problem with the only problem with Delvin Cook, and this is always a problem with Delvin Cook, is that he's pretty much made out of paper mache. I was and just so, gonna say, it seems like a little bit of a paper tiger. Yeah, he just I he's he's a running back, so he's gonna be hurt all the time. It, there's just what I'm realizing more and more with the NFL is there's a continuum of being hurt. There's just quite not hurt enough to still play. Like, oh, I got all the injections. I couldn't walk till Thursday after the game last week, but I can just barely manage to limp through this game. Or there's on the other side of that where you're too hurt and you can't actually still walk on Sunday. It's like I can walk on Thursday versus I can't walk till the following Tuesday. That's the only choices. There are no. I'm raring to go on Mondays. Right. So Dalvin Cook being healthy would be a good sort of addition to this year. We're still in our um, things that are new. Um, yeah. But it just might not happen. If it does, I think their offense. It's probably the only really truly exciting thing about their offense that we haven't seen yet. Because otherwise, I think right. we kind of know what's up. Right. Um, another thing that we haven't seen is a healthy kicker situation, John. What we're in the fuck is going on? <laughs> I have no idea. They traded a pick for some dude who was amazing. Then he was awful. And then he got cut. And now he's the starting kicker immediately on another team, which just happened last year with Dan Carlson, I believe, who's the starting cor- starting uh, kicker for a third team. Is this what we do? Is this right. thing now? This, this is how it happens. I think the amazing thing about this year's Vikings kicking situation is that if anything, it was even worse than Dan Bailey, even worse than Blair Walsh. I, with Blair Walsh, it was a guy who was clearly broken, but nobody wanted to admit it. Then we had like Dan Carlson come in and <laughs> we, uh, that ditch to ditch mentality came about and he, he missed a couple of key kicks. And frankly, because he screwed up the Vikings missed the playoffs last year, which has got a burn. And instead of making the same make w- mistake they made with Walsh, which was keeping around too long, they immediately cut him. And then he went to the Raiders and he was fine. And they brought in Dan Bailey who used to be a good NFL kicker. And now he sucks. Um, but this year's training camp situation, if, if Paul Fenton had done this as the wild GM, it would be the very top of the list of stupid moves he made. And as we've talked about many times on this podcast, that is a 
long list of stupid moves that Fenton has made. But just the the fact that the Vikings, two years ago, they spent a draft pick on a kicker again. They spent one on Blair Walsh. They also spent one on Dan Carlson. They released him. But this year, they traded a draft pick for a kicker who wasn't going to make the Ravens roster. If they could have waited like one more week, they could have had him for nothing, but they traded a draft pick next year. Then they let him kick and punt all preseason. He was terrible and they released him. That is, they just, they wasted a draft pick far more than they usually waste draft picks. Rick Spielman is uh, a champion waster of draft picks. Oh, by the way, they also released our guy LeBron Treadmill last week who did absolutely nothing after Spielman spent a first round pick on him. So good work there, Rick. But it, it amazingly releasing a first round pick three years after you drafted him without him ever doing anything for the team was the second stupidest thing that happened to the front office that week, which is amazing. It's just amazingly terrible management. And I don't understand how, how everyone involved keeps going. Yeah. I don't think there's any talk of uh, beyond the, the minor chatter about how uh, incompetent he is. Right. Is that like a thing that people are up in arms about, or is it just because it is kind of fifth rounder might not have worked out or people just being able to talk themselves into continuity? He's, he's like a, he's like an Rick Spielman's like an embattled cabinet secretary. That no matter what happens, it just everybody doubles down and is like, no, actually, this guy is amazing. He's Rick As it Perry. Turns out we want to we want to keep him even more because <laughs> of all the screw ups. Right. Yeah, people dig in their heels and start defending him. I don't know. Right. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Okay, so those are the uh, things that are new. Although I suppose yep. the kicking thing is is the opposite of new because it's the same shit that happens every single year, and I guess it always will be. And uh, it just drives people crazy. And Zimmer is a perfect example of like other guys in other positions make mistakes. You always defend your player. You know the kicker makes mistake. It's like can, how quickly can I get this guy off the roster? Get this guy the right. fuck away from me forever. I never want to see him again. Right. And I mean, I think that's probably if you're thinking about it rationally, like really unfair that there's one position you don't forgive any mistakes, but I also kind of get it. Tiny guy at the end of the bench. who's not playing in any other, whatever. Uh, All right. So what, who has left the team from last year? Um, We didn't lose any, like maybe there was some shitty lineman that lost, right? Yeah, we lost a number of linemen, but that's not a big loss. We thought we were going to lose Tony Barr. He was right, flirting, then... he was making eyes with the uh, Jets, and then uh, old Zim Dog pulled him back in with his allure. It's, sexy, it's amazing. We, sexy allure. We, com- we complain an awful lot about the Vikings mm-hmm. and all of their screw-ups and all of the things they do wrong. And the utterly amazing thing is if you look around the NFL, the Vikings are probably, they're not one of the most 10 hapless franchises in the league for sure. No, they're by all accounts, a pretty good franchise. They win more games than most other teams. <laughs> no, If you read about the shit going on with other teams of salary cap and draft picks or whatever, for sure. Like other teams are way worse than us. It's just, there's so many people on a team 
Uh, there's only a few draft rounds of draft, uh, draft rounds, whatever, um, that it just, every mistake, it sort of looks like it's the worst thing ever when in actuality there's a million things going on. And it's also just, that's part of football culture, is complaining. Yeah, but I mean, look around the league. How many absolutely hapless teams can you name just off the top of your head? The Lions, the Redskins. The Browns, the Jets, the Bills. The, yeah, these are terrible franchises. The Titans, the Titans, the, Titans, the, fuck are the Titans, the Jaguars. Tampa Bay sucks every single year. San Francisco sucks. Well, San Francisco, it's a little hard to insult, given that when we were growing up, they won the Super Bowl every single year. They were awesome. The Giants, but, same way. Like they were, but now good for a yeah, long time. But they suck currently. The, the Giants are amazingly hapless for a team that wins the Super Bowl every fifth year. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But there's so many of them um, that, like, I can't even imagine how much we would be complaining if they were yeah, our team. I'm, I'm not even talking about the franchises that are, like, bad right now because there's always going to be franchises that are terrible. I'm talking about the ones that are, like, historically cursed and not cursed in the way the Vikings are cursed, which is they lose the big game at the end of the season, that they never have a big game at all. What's the Lions stat? They've had one playoff win since 1941 or something like that. Oh, my God. Think about How that. is that? How bad How is that the, possible? Uh, the Raiders have been for they had, right. again, like they were good in the playoffs one year or two years, maybe. And that was like 15 years ago now because we're old. And it's they have really amazing in their team. It's just utterly amazing to be buried in the minutia of all of the ways the Vikings are pathetic. And then you come up for air and you read about other teams and it's almost like, man, the Vikings are awful, but. At least they're not the Lions. <laughs> At least they're not the uh-huh. Jets. I know. The Bills. Yeah. <sighs> Amazing. Amazing in this league where parity is the most important thing and no team can afford to keep all of their good players. Somehow there's absolutely no parity and there's just 10 franchises that are destined to be gar- garbage every single year. Yep. Yep. And we're always pretty okay. Yeah, we're always 11th in the league. But, John, I don't want to have too much uh, reason today. That doesn't doesn't really sound that fun to me. What I want to do is just complain about things. And what I want to complain about now is uh, I'm not looking forward to this season uh, because I think think we know enough about this team. There's no mystery left, and I'm just kind of bored with the whole thing. I'm bored with the nine wins they're going to get. And then the one playoff win or loss or just miss the playoffs. That, to me, is their floor and ceiling. It does seem a little similar to the end of the Ron Gardenhire era when it was a little bit just, it it was like, okay, they're they're fine. They win the Central every year. 88 wins. They have no no chance of winning a playoff series. The Yankees will stomp them in some horrible way. Yep. I just, I just want it to be, I just want it to be over. Brad Radke will go sixteen and nine, which is great. Right. Uh, he will somehow give up a uh, home run to the first uh, batter of the season. He did that for like seven straight years. <laughs> it's just part of our life, and yeah. I don't know. It just feels like I'll probably watch some of it. I just I'm having a hard time talking to myself into, and I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I can't remember, but yeah. Two things have to happen. Kirk Cousins has to be incredible or the defense has to be like all world. And I'm just having a hard time talking myself in either one of those things. I just, I want it to be joyful, but the NFL is never joyful anymore. 
No. It's just a joyless slog from beginning to end. Uh, are you going to adopt another team? No. Why would I adopt another? I just talked about how every franchise in this league is a Wobegon nightmare. What about the Lions, John? Can I talk you into the Lions? <laughs> Why would I adopt another team? Why would I want more misery in my life? Okay. Following the Vikings is like going to work. It's like, oh, I have a shift on Sunday afternoon now. Noon to three every Sunday. Not, I, I got to work. Yep. Unpaid. And I got to sit and watch this game. So I have something to talk to with literally everyone I know. Yep, don't even because like it. Because they're all watching the game, too. Punch in, punch out. Well, I don't know. Uh, as you know, Chicken Fingers and I select a team every year that's going to surprise the NFL and uh, the and overachieve. And I don't know for a fact, but I'm pretty sure we've gone like six for six. Yeah, I think six that's seasons. right. Every single Wade, year. We pick do not those. fact check that, Wade. Wade, please move move it along, buddy. Uh, our surprise team this year, John, do you want to hear it? I do want to hear it. Our surprise team this year is the Denver Broncos. Oh, interesting. Tell me more. That's my... <sighs> there we go. Good. Um, well, uh, we think the foundation for improving a bunch of wins the prior year is a couple things. One, a little bit easier schedule. And so the Denver uh, Broncos did not win many games last year. So typically that means right. they've got a little bit better schedule. Again, Wade, do not fact check that. Uh, we're just going to believe that they have an easier schedule. Um, and the second ingredient is a good defense. And we think the Broncos are going to be really good. They were good at defense last year. And then they just hired the Bears defensive coordinator as their head coach. Vic something. Vic Viramontes. Vic Viramonti. No, is, uh, I, I'm sorry, Brandon. I led you wrong there. Vic Viramontes was very briefly the third string quarterback on the Gopher football team. Oh, okay. Never mind. It's Vic Vaporub. Vic Vaporub. Vic's Vaporub. Vic's Vaporub. Yep. Um, he is their head coach, and he's a he's a defensive guy. Um, so we think we think they're ripe for a turnaround. The Denver Broncos. That is our surprise team this year. That's different than an adopted team. That doesn't necessarily mean we're going to root for them right. like crazy. It's just we think they're going to be good this year. And you want to keep your streak going. Yeah. The six for six, seven for seven. Super important to us. So, John, yeah. if you're if you're not looking, I'm trying to talk myself into paying a little bit of attention to the NFL this year. Um, let me let me ask you, can I talk you into caring about the NFL so you can watch Kyler Murray? I I I don't know how I feel about Kyler Murray. Okay. It seems like he should have played baseball. I'm not I don't know. Well, that's just because you like baseball. Right. And there's a chance if he plays baseball, he won't be hurt forever. I think I know the answer to this, but I just want to make sure. John, if you were a potential first rounder in either sport, what would you have chosen? I think the answer to the draft pick question depends on whether I was doing this a million years ago when I actually was of the age to do it or if I was doing it now. Because when I was a, when I was a youngin, Mm-hmm. it wasn't really well known that football was going to murder every last brain cell you had. It just was sort of a hazard. So I probably would have said football. Football's awesome. I would definitely want to do that. And now I would say baseball. Heck yes, baseball. I know that every there's every chance that I'm only going to get this signing bonus and then I'm going to ride the bus in the minor leagues for six years and I'm never going to see the major leagues, but I don't care. 
Hmm. I'm going to live to talk to my wife after the age of 50 and not scream at my children. So you know what? It's baseball for me. Yeah, I think that maybe nowadays the scale has turned a little bit because he's a quarterback. I feel like those guys are not getting hit in the head very often anymore. Right. Though he is a scrambling quarterback, so. I, you look back at like Joe Maurer, who legitimately could have played high level either football or baseball. Yeah. And number one, I mean, obviously he had terrible head injury problems anyway, so he didn't avoid that. But thank goodness he didn't play football. Thank goodness for his health that he <laughs> sadly still ended up with a terrible career altering head injury. Yeah, right. Yep. True. Unbelievable that that was the best case scenario. I know. That's amazing. Okay, so I can't talk you into Kyler Murray. Can I talk you into Deshaun Watson? You can talk me into Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is awesome. Yeah, that dude's great to watch. How about Baker yes. Mayfield? I I don't know. I I can't shake the idea that Baker Mayfield is actually Johnny Manziel. So <laughs> I know he's not. I know they're very different. I know that Baker Mayfield does not have nearly the number of issues that Johnny Manziel had, but at the same time, I just can't – I can't I, – I guess what I'm saying is all white quarterbacks look alike to me. Short, white, loud, from right. a southern school, shitload yeah. of trash talking, now plays for the Cleveland Browns. Correct. It's, it's, it's science. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. I haven't decided yet if I'm going to really follow the NFL this year much at all, um, but I guess we'll see. I'm trying to talk myself right. into watching the quarterbacks because they are pretty fun, and it does seem like it's getting a little tiny bit safer, although no. uh, it's probably... It's absolutely not getting any safer. It's deck Football chairs will off never the be safe. They're not doing it's the jacked just... up uh, screaming on SportsCenter anymore. So there's, it's a small ch- It's a small... But again, it's deck chairs. I get that. Are you ever, are you ever flipping through channels and... There's not much on. It's Friday night or whatever, and you land on boxing, and you just you don't know who's fighting. You just watch two rounds of boxing because it's on. The same thing happens with bowling, but you you have to make yourself make a deal with yourself when you're gonna stop and watch boxing or MMA or whatever. You just have to make a deal with yourself that says I'm not going to think about the horrible physical toll this is affecting people with yeah i definitely have never stopped and just watched a boxing match or an mma match my entire life i don't think i I definitely i definitely have done so with boxing but not with mma but it's the same deal you have to make if you're gonna watch nfl football in this day and age which is i think it's partially why people tend to get so so angry when you talk about it is they don't want to be confronted with that and i get that of course you don't want to be confronted with the idea that the people who are playing football are in horrible pain. Yes. Yep. I think that you, to me, the difference between those two are that boxing and MMA, it's only about violence. What did I, I don't want to pull this card on you, Brandon. And I don't think I've ever pulled it before and I don't think I'll ever pull it again. Yeah. But have you ever played football? (laughs) I did play football. My point would be, there's a lot of violence in football, but there's also speed and crazy hand-eye coordination and really elegant athleticism. I don't see a ton of elegant athleticism in boxing. Not to say that it's not great. Oh. And again, like I don't see a, a, 
elegant athleticism in baseball, and I love baseball. So it's not like that's the only thing to me that I care about. Um, but I also like. I'm just saying it's 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 in my mind a little bit better than those sports because you can still have a really fun football game without the violence. Although I know it's baked in way more than any other sport. Um, certainly more than you know hockey, for example. The violence is completely ancillary. Like if you just like outlawed checking, people would complain, but the sport would be the same. In football, if you outlawed tackling, like you, it would be a different. You would have to call it something else, right? So I get yeah. that. It's totally true. Um, it would be passing league, which, by the way, is sounds, fun as heck. Sounds pretty cool to me, yeah. actually. Um, passing league would be awesome. NFL passing league, I would watch. Yes, exactly. So totally, I, I, I totally understand. I just think there's a little bit of to me. I don't know. I don't know why I'm like actually trying to talk myself into the NFL. Fuck it. Yeah, because because you. Because you need to, because if you think about what's actually happening, you'll never be able to talk yourself into it. Yeah. I'm I, telling you, Brandon, you have to you have to just accept it and accept that you're willing to you're willing to make that trade off. Well, well what if That's I'm watching football and I enjoy it and appreciate it, and then when I see some dude go for like helmet on helmet contact or like a hit through the middle that's brutal i can go oh my god i didn't want to see that that's not cool to me i don't like that no that's not the that's not the point i'm making the point i'm making is that you can watch football and then be appalled by the obvious life-altering injuries but what you need to understand is that every single player on the field is getting injured every game the trenches yes it's you just you have to you have to lean in and accept that that's happening because it's the only way to not be angry about it. It's the only way not to be angry when somebody gets hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Like, if if you don't do it, you're going to see somebody get hurt, and the cameras are going to show him in, in agony, and you're going to say, why are they showing this? I don't want to see this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yeah, that's what I do. I do say that. You have to leave, yeah. You have to you have to understand if you're going to be honest with yourself and you're going to do this with any modicum of self self-respect, you have to understand that everybody's getting hurt. Mhm. 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 And that's a choice they made and it's not a choice you can prevent and you just have to live with it. It's all bad, John. It's all bad, but you know what's good? Bros and turds. Let's, Our yearly predictions. Yes. Let's start, John. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? Do you want Chicken Finger sent his over? I think I think I want to start this year. I have stews. You have Chicken Fingers. Yep. 
So I think I want to start. Are we going to do bro first or turd first? Bro first. All right. My bro for the year. Are you ready for this? I am. My bro is Irv Smith Jr. <laughs> you motherfucker. That's who I was going to choose. I don't know <laughs> yes, this is player. why I wanted to go first. <laughs> I don't know anyone else on the team. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, you talk. I'm going to start scrolling through a roster as you explain, explain yourself, Jonathan. I forget. I, I'm pretty sure this has been said on the podcast before, and I think it may have been said by my brother Dave the time he was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. But Irv Smith Jr., when he was at Alabama, was this amazing. He was like Alabama's version of Bo Jackson in Tech Mobile, like the guy who was unfair and you shouldn't have been allowed to use him. You Anybody who was playing Alabama, you couldn't stop their run. And if you could stop their run game, you couldn't stop the pass game. And if somehow some team for like two quarters managed to stop it, they said, you know what? Forget this. We're going to print in Irv Smith Jr. What he is, is he's the size of a tight end. So you can't cover him except he's faster than any of your defensive backs. So literally no player on your roster is able to do anything against him. If you cover him with both a lineman to hit him on the way off the line of scrimmage and then a defensive back to try to bother him as he runs down the field, you might have a chance of slowing him down if you assign two players to him. That's it. So I I think, and again, this is, this is not something I'm an expert in, but now that the Vikings have three offensive coordinators and are determined to run the ball, I feel like you're going to see a lot of two, three, six, nine tight ends on the field at the same time. Yep. The Vikings may be ready to unveil their secret weapon, which is an all tight end set. And if they do, I feel like Irv Smith is going to be one of the featured tight ends in their all tight end set. He is undeniably one of the nine best tight ends on the roster. Right. Can't deny it. Well, you have fucked me royally. John. All right. Well, do you want me to do you want me to do stews while you search desperately? Yeah, you can always go with Garrett Bradbury, sweaty center. Sweaty. Sweaty center. Uh okay, yes. Give me stews, please. All right. Stews <laughs> Stews bro is Chad Beebe. <laughs> <laughs> son of son of Don Beebe. Uh-huh. Of course. Um I I I don't I don't know what to say. No further explanation given. No uh, further me, explanation given or necessary. What would a uh, what, what would a respectable bro season look like for Chad Beebe? As far as I'm concerned, one catch. One catch on the 53 man roster in at least 10 games. That'd be a yeah. That's how low the bar is. I mean, we're not going to let him have that be his bar, but I would be surprised if he does anything else. So right. Okay. Um. Okay. Um. Uh, can I? You can always, am, am you I? You can always go with chicken first. I'm gonna. Can I have Daniel Hunter? You can have Daniel Hunter. I'll give you okay. Daniel Hunter. Yep. If if chicken was here, he'd demand the turd court make a ruling on the the criteria. But we'll leave that for for Twitter tomorrow. I would just say I don't. I think that he's a, known as a pretty good player. Maybe this year he just is better than he's been. That would be a bro to me. A better season, right. not just the same season. That's not a bro. No, no, no. Sir. Right. A little bit better. Okay. Um, you're going to, uh, are you sitting down, John? You don't record this standing up, do you? 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I I record this on a treadmill actually. Part of me but not be surprised if you paced the entire 90 minutes we end up recording. I'm on a I'm on a stair stepper the whole time. Yep. Yep. Just, just stairmaster working out my fury. Putting in a cool 90 on the stairmaster, of course. Yep. Yeah. Burn uh 6000 calories. Um Chicken's bro is um Mike Zimmer. <laughs> so on brand. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. That is, that is the most on brand. What could possibly be his criteria? He didn't send along criteria, no. did he? No, he didn't. Offensive coordinators run off. I think if he successfully makes the playoffs while firing two offensive coordinators in one season, that is a bro season uh, for Mike Zimmer. It's also fairly likely. Um, the did other you, one, he probably would have did to be you coach happen- of the year. <laughs> did you happen to see the Star Tribune's long sit-down interview with Mike Zimmer where all he could talk about was his winning percentage? No. What a stats guy. He, at least, I think, three times he brought up what his winning percentage was, which is around 60% as Vikings coach. And he he legitimately had the the winning percentages for every other Vikings coach at his fingertips. Wow. Like he knew exactly what Bud Grant's was and he knew exactly what Danny Green's was. And I just, how, how thin does your skin have to be to have those facts at your fingertips ready to bring them up to your defense to defend yourself? I think every single year your skin gets thinner as an old white guy. Is that fair? Right. I think that's fair to say. You'd think it'd be the opposite, where the older you get, the more you're like, I don't give a shit about any of this. I just don't care. You know, I'm not going to, like, complain about young kids anymore. Whatever. Leave me alone. Uh, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> angrier and angrier every single year. You, you got to give Star Tribune NFL writer Mark Craig credit, because he didn't say at that point what I would have said. Which was, Mike, you've won one playoff game in five years, and it took a legitimate miracle yeah. for you to win that game. Yep. Yep. And, and you really want to you no really want to lean on winning percentage? Win that game. You got one lucky <laughs> win under your belt, pal. Winning percentage is what you want to go with here. It's all he's got. I mean, you know, it's, it's the one bullet. Yep. Okay. So, all right. That's, that's very on brand. Good for you, chicken. Turd time. I'm glad that you're... You're staying true to yourself, and that's what we like to see on this podcast. Well, why don't you go ahead and take my turd, John? Uh, That was a disconcerting way of putting that. Whoops. Um, All right. My turd pick, just because for one moment he considered playing for the New York Jets, is Anthony Parr. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is is a man – who is distracted and not in the right place mentally. We can't have distractions in our clubhouse, John. To say to yourself at any point, you know what I think would be a good idea? I think it would be a good idea if I signed a multi-year contract to play football for the New York Jets. That's a a bad decision. The butt fumble franchise. That speaks of a man who is not in the right place to begin the season. Got to have that butt fumble stink on you. Your whole career. Right. <laughs> that butt fumble stink is a podcast title. Alrighty. Okay. So what about um, Stu? Stu's turd is Dalvin Cook, which I assume 
just means that Dalvin Cook will be hurt within the first seven plays of the season. Yeah, it is very funny that we just, you had a very long and I think um, good and smart monologue about what you sign up for when you watch football. Um, and that was sandwiched in between us making fun of Dalvin Cook for not playing through injuries. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think we're making fun of him. Okay. I think we're just stating the fact that he has been injured often, and honestly, it's probably good for him. Yeah, you know we're what? proud of Dalvin Cook for not pushing through that. Please continue to sit a, out. But we also a message to all football players out there: don't push through the pain. Just save yourself. Out. This game does not care about you. Sit it out. Make the maximum amount of money you can for the minimum amount of injury. Football can't love you back. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. You know, I've spent. I w- I will say that I've spent about a half hour talking about how terrible football is in so many different ways. And you know that I'm going to watch every single game, every single go for football game. I'm going to be looking at the college football standings to see what the big game of the week is. I'm going to watch Washington Huskies games. I'm going to watch Sunday night football. I'm going to watch all of it. You know why? I'm a terrible person. Yeah. Don't be like me, people of America. I be think better. there is a future, if you want to see it, where football can still exist in a smart, evolved society. And you don't right. think it can? No, I think it probably can. And I, without I'm having a, to not... like make some sort of like deal with the devil, I think there's something in there somewhere. There's a good sport even without all the insane hitting. Um, and you don't think that exists? I think that's. I'm trying to wrap my head around. Is there actually? It won't be no, in our lifetime. You're probably, probably right. But I think there's I would something say, there. out of every. Out of every awake time during the day, I'm awake for about 16 hours a day, like most human beings. Mm-hmm. And I would say roughly three of those are devoted to sitting quietly and trying to figure out a way to make football work without injuring everybody all the time. Yep. Yep. It's uh, no running, and you take like four people right. off the field on each team. Right. Yep. As we talked about. What we're What we're saying is the football version of rugby sevens. Would be with those athletes. I mean, where do I sign? That's what it I want to be amazing to watch. All right, NFL rugby sevens. That's our fix. Okay, my turn, Jonathan. Yes, Everson Griffin. <laughs> now, I tell me more, help me understand. Well, um, if I remember right, Everson Griffin had uh, what seemed to be a fairly serious mental episode. In the middle Correct. of the season last year. And then he came back and no one talked about it again. So um, this is a hopeful turd. My hope is that he like retires. That and would that that seems awesome. like it would be good. On field turd, off field hero. Um and I I don't know. I just feel like if you have that thing that happens to you, uh it might just be time. Might be time to call it. Made a lot of money. Uh, made a lot of friends, memories, good times. Uh, and I would hope that he just can call it at some point. So he would be an on-field right. turd, off-field hero. All right. Who do you, who does chicken got? Chicken's turd, you are... John, let me ask you. Are you sitting down? I, I sat down. I got off the stairmaster. You're finally off the stairmaster. I had I hadn't I had a near accident. 
Yeah, good. A near fatal accident falling off the stairmaster when Chicken picked Mike Zimmer as his bro. Okay, okay. Well, this is going to be even more shocking. His turd is Rick Spielman. <laughs> Are we sure that this was an up to date uh-huh. thing that he sent? Yeah, Did he, he just, just copy and paste last yeah, year? He forwarded last year's. Yep. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't know how bad it would. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think we we're all expecting him to be a monstrous turd, right? So, <laughs> I just I want to break into the podcast just for a second to mention that. We we do this fairly often where we cover something live that the podcast listeners will never hear live. Williams Astadio just swung at a pitch that hit him in the stomach. <laughs> it was a ninety-seven mile an hour fastball <laughs> that he took a he took a cut at, and well, it hit, turns out it got him in the forearm. But had his forearm not been in the process of swinging, it would have hit him directly in the belly button, like one of those old timey cannonball guys that just takes it. <laughs> Yes, and right now the umpires are genuinely confused about what to do. It, the, the the Red Sox took the ball to first base and stepped on first base on the theory that he must have hit it with the bat because mm-hmm. otherwise how could this possibly have happened? And the umpires are currently sitting around going, what do we do? I don't know. I don't even know what the rule is. I'm pretty sure if you swing at a pitch that hits you, it's still a strike. It's a swing and a miss, I think. Yeah. I think they may have called it a dead ball rather than <laughs> rather than uh, out at first base, but oh, it's good to have Astadio back and back in the major league, sure, where we can watch him. Okay, John, what about oh. wins? What about wins? I think th- this feels like a very eight and eight season to me. Okay. It feels like they'll win two games they shouldn't. They'll lose six games they should have won, and it'll end up just eight and eight. John, when are, do you think you'll ever get to the point where Kirk Cousins is shat upon by so many people that you'll start wanting him to be amazing, like just oh, to prove an... it to some, just to prove it to somebody? And all of a sudden, you like. <laughs> While you used to hate Kirk Cousins, are now just like all in on like, come on, Kirk, you got to do this. I'm so sick of Daryl from Anoka. Right. I obviously I felt that way about Joe Maurer for a many years. Yes. Yep. Same. But Kirk Cousins isn't the local kid from St. Paul. He's just a a mercenary who went to Michigan State and then just continued to fail upwards until he ended up here. So yep. Store brand Tom Brady. No. No, I I don't think I will feel that way. Right. I think I will just continue to feel the way I do, which is why why was this the Vikings' best option that they had to go with a guy who needs literally everything to go perfect yeah. to complete a pass? I don't know if I'm going to get there either. What do you think, no. looking back on it, which we is not fair, what was the move? Are you still think it was Teddy Bridgewater? Teddy well, B? obviously, uh, this podcast is highly on record. We are that so Teddy Bridgewater biased. was the answer. Yes, it's it's not even funny. It, he's We're basically so biased our, that we, our, somehow we all uh, made him as a human being. Like he's our he's right. our child, and we still, I, I think we still believe that Teddy Bridgewater is the answer. Yes, but I don't know. Cousins is better than Keenum, right? <laughs> yes. I think so, but that's 
there, still, what's the there's point? So many, there's so many low cards in that hand, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's seven wins or eight wins. That's the right. that's what you're talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, if terrible Vikings fan, if Daryl from Anoka firebombs Kirk Cousins' house, then maybe I'll get to the point where it's like, all right, I'm really cheering for this guy to do well because yep. the mouth breathers that are attacking his home can't win. Yeah. But assuming that that's not going to happen and come on Viking fans, let's not have that happen. Then no, I don't think I'll start feeling bad for Kirk Cousins. No, I don't think so either. It's fun to be a franchise that gets a a top 10 quarterback pick that you're like, all right, cool. This is our guy for 15 years. I'm I'm ready to cheer for this guy. Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel. Yeah, all the greats. Um, it's been a very long time. I guess Teddy Bridgewater is probably the last time that that happened, right? Right. Because after that was a, was nobody. Before that, um, before that, you got to go back to Christian Ponder, and which, he was even then you the can't. most hated man in the franchise. From the the commissioner hadn't even finished saying the last R in his name before he was widely hated by the entire Vikings fan base. Exactly. And uh, I I think I paid attention to the NFL, or to football just in general, even more then than I do now. And we had the 12th pick, right? I think I remember that, right? I think that's, shockingly, I believe that's correct. Even I said, who the fuck is Christian Ponder when it happened? Like, that is, just right. doesn't happen. So you have to go back even before that. I just don't remember the last time it was like, we got our guy. We got a top quarterback. This is going to be awesome. Here's our guy. Just yep. has never really been there. It's been a lot of it's been a while. Free agents. Sorry. It has been, though. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, well, has it not been a while, John? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm shocked of... <laughs> Of all of the, of all of the songs that were so close to your to, to your mind that you couldn't, you literally couldn't stop yourself from singing them. It's been many Stay. years. <laughs> it's been twenty five years since this song was popular. There are listeners to this podcast that are younger than that crappy song. They don't even understand when we go. It's been. <laughs> Oh, it's oh, so bad. Okay, John. We're the two oldest men in the universe. It's so bad. Okay, so uh, right. you gave eight wins. Uh, yep, what did, I went with eight. What did Stu say? Stu, Stu has not only a wins prediction, but he has some additional predictions. So buckle up. Here we go. His his prediction for wins is six. He's predicting six and ten. His additional predictions are Mike Zimmer will be fired. Rick Spielman will be fired. And the team will have two different kickers and three different punters. Oh boy! I'm I not sure if I'm not sure if he's allowed to count preseason because they legitimately are on. They've already had two different kickers and three different punters. Yeah, that's tipping us. He's got his thumb on the if scale. You, there. If you count Vedvik as both a kicker and a punter, he's already reached that. So I assume what he means is starting today, starting the regular season games, they'll have at least two guys kick and three guys punt. And we're talking place kicking, okay. not kickoff duty. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Good rules. That's that's a good specific prediction. I like it, Stu. Now, uh, since this is a little bit different than our bros and turds segment, we are allowed to have the same number of times. I also went with right. eight and eight. 
All right. Um, however, I do not predict that Zimmer or Spielman will be fired. I feel like we're in some sort of sports purgatory right now, paying for our sins. It's probably right. your fault, John. Um, it's for getting my hopes up and having them dashed 100 years in a row. It just shows, like, as sports fans, how complacent we are. When I heard Stu's prediction, and I, I wrote it all down, and I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, cool, I'd take 6-10 and 10 to get rid of Zimmer and Spielman, even though they might be totally really good at their jobs, and the other two people that come in, as we all know, could and probably would be way worse at their jobs. For some right. reason, I looked at it, and I was like, cool. That's fun. <laughs> this is this is what we call the, the Mason-Brewster conundrum. Yes, it really is the Mason, and Mason is the number one example of that in this uh, in yeah. this town. Um, but also, John, we're part so of many the, years. Yeah, yeah, we're part of the mainstream media, so we need content. We need talkers, right? So that's we're a little bit. Biased. You say that, but we had a number of topics lined up, and we've been talking about the Vikings for an hour now. I know so. this is so stupid. We wanted to do this really quickly. Okay, let's 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 blow through this. The last thing is uh, Chicken Fingers. His guess is five and eleven. Oh. <laughs> He's been he's been so leaning on the zero and sixteen for so long. I'm surprised. He keeps on your toes, man. He just you never know. You never I know. I'm somewhat impressed that you and me are the most optimistic of all of us. Actually, I'm not impressed. That seems right. It's usually Stu, but you know, I think he's got his finger on the dial. What is that? Right. His no. His fingers on the dial. Fingers on the dial. His eye. His ear. His. He's no- got his. His nose. He's to got the... his eggs. <laughs> he, he, you don't. You don't count your eggs before they hatch. Ears what we on say the couple... train tracks of. Progress. You don't have. You don't have enough fingers on the train tracks. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. That's right. That's correct. Okay, you want to talk about other sports? Yes, we should talk about the twins before before they manage to lose tonight. Okay, John. Really quickly, uh, what we have been doing the last few. Um, weeks here is instead of a six to midnight scale it's a midnight to six panic meter where are you at right Right. now you're good right are we better yeah i think i think it's up to about 11 o'clock again yep yep the panic is the panic has subsided because exactly what was supposed to happen is what happened The, the the twins got to play 13 consecutive games against the white Sox and the tigers and they started that out by losing three of the first four and everybody pretty much lost their minds, and then they won eight of the next nine. Yes. In fact, I think nine of the next ten. They coming into coming into today, counting the first game of the Boston series, they've won nine of ten. The Indians had to play actual teams like Tampa Bay and Boston, and they lost a number of those games. And suddenly, the Twins have a six and a half game lead again with like twenty four to go. So just hang on. Just to hang on yep. for dear life. All we had to do was just hang on, and I mean, it still could go. It still could all go to crap. Don't get me wrong. Of course, always. I'd rather have a six and a half game lead at this point. Have you have you looked down the MLB standings recently just to see the absolutely the Tigers legitimately could lose 120 games this year. I know. They do that fairly regularly, too. Like, when the Tigers are bad, they're very good at being very, very, very bad. Right. Yeah. And it's not like tanking for two years is going to make them awesome in the next year. No. No. Nope. 
honestly, the Tigers have had the biggest effect on the AL Central race of anybody because they 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 they've lost a lot of games. But I think I saw that they've played the Indians sixteen times this year, and the Indians have won fifteen of those. Like the Tigers won the first one this year, and now the Indians have won fifteen consecutive games against the Tigers. Right. Do you think Gardy is specifically throwing those games just to try to make the Twins lose? You think he hates us? Well, he seems like the kind of guy who would be not too secretly vindictive about the Twins finally running him off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's possible. Um, if you If the Yankees and Astros were not incredible, would your 11 o'clock be like an 11.45 right now? Well, has it, that is... has it dulled any of the sensitivity because those guys, I mean, I don't even know who I would rather face. No, it's honestly the last nine years or whatever have been kind of a, a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. Now I'm once again, it's like the 1990s for the twins after the 91 World Series were awful all the way through. Mm-hmm. And then at the start of the 2000s, suddenly they were competing for stuff again. And you... The fact that they weren't going to go to the World Series and probably and probably weren't the best team in the league and were going to lose to the Yankees every year in the playoffs. For a long time there, it didn't matter just because they weren't losing 100 games every single year. And I feel a little bit the same way about this year. Obviously, they were in the wild card game a couple of years ago, so it's not like they've been garbage for 10 consecutive years. But I still feel like it's not like the end of that mid-2000s run with, with Guardi, like, do you remember the amazing game 163 against Detroit? The best thing Alexa ever. Alexa Casilla, nine hopper yeah. through the hole. Yes. Carlos Gomez somehow scoring from second before the ball left the infield. And then he jumped Just, 25 feet in the air. Looked yeah. like Simone Legitimately Biles. was going 67 miles an hour when he crossed the plate. God, I loved Cargo. Yeah, he was great. Um. Anyway, so everyone talks about how amazing a game that was, but... By the end of that game, I was so exhausted. I just wanted it to be over because I knew, (laughs) and everyone knew, that the Twins were going to go on. If they won that game, they were going to go and get absolutely stomped by the Yankees, which is exactly what happened. Yeah, It was like, why why am I letting this rule my life? Why am I still at the bar that I went to after work to watch the rest of this game, and now it's seven hours later? Right. And why why am I still doing this? Why am I still here? This is meaningless. Well, we this were so exhausted. Nothing. I mean, I, maybe you just said it, but was that 2009? Oh, I'm I'm not good at distinguishing the years of all of those things. Sport of fact, Wade, I do not care to hear the answer, but I right. think at that point, that was kind of near the end of it. Because what I remember right. as being the best and the worst was the 06 season when we went like 70 and 30 to end the season. They won right. it on the last day. The most incredible season finale ever, right? They right. stayed on the field. Whoever it was came back and, and uh, got beat. So we ended up winning the division, which was, you know, 1% right. chance in September or whatever. Um, and we were incredible. We were such an amazing team. And then we went out and got piss pounded by the A's. Right. That was that was a really bad year. And so I think Tor- by the yeah, the Alexi Casilla thing, it was like, cool, they won that game. It's over now. And I'm I'm okay yeah. with it being over because I'm exhausted as a fan. It's just again, the complacency thing is I've seen this movie too many times. 
Right. But I've forgotten what the movie's like now, so I'm ready for it. Again. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we have forgotten. It's been it's been a very right. long time. And I it, it's can't just wait an entirely for that playoff different. series. And I and I do ages. love the oh idea God. like um it's just such a funny like old man thing to be like, Oh, the twins versus the Yankees again, as if Miguel Sano has any idea what on earth we're even talking about. You know, he's like, What do you mean that, that what? I, I was I was six years old when that first happened and I lived in wherever he lived. Like they have no idea what that baggage even is. You say that, but it's gonna come crawling back. I just I feel like there's only one solution here, and just hear me out. Okay. They need someone who's so enthusiastic as to possibly be a witch doctor mm-hmm, to mm-hmm, break mm-hmm. this curse. Hmm. So there's one man they need for their playoff run if they play the Yankees in the dugout as chief. Chief, he probably needs to coach third base, mm-hmm. maybe the hitting coach, maybe the bullpen coach. Just put him everywhere he can be. The Twins, for the playoff run against the Yankees, need to hire P.J. Flack. P.J. Don't say no right away. Flack. Don't say no right away because this this is a theory that that I've been advancing for a while now. The Gophers have 50 years of failure affecting them. But I feel like P.J. Fleck has come come in and by being an absolute nutcase and saying things that make no sense to anybody, so little sense that they actually come around the other way and start to make sense again, which is when you know the brainwashing has started. That's what the Gophers needed to get out of five decades of absolute misery and terrible failure at the at the big point every game. Last week, the Gophers played South Dakota State. And South Dakota State was a better team and made all of the mistakes, and the Gophers won a game they shouldn't have. That doesn't happen for Gopher football. What they do is they find a way to lose against South Dakota State, North Dakota State, whatever 1AA team that they should be beating. They lost to South Dakota. South Dakota didn't even have a football team the day before, and they dropped it the next day. It's, that never happens to Gopher football. It always goes the other way. Huh. But P.J. Fleck has come in, and by sheer force of the the brainwashing just saying roll the boat a million times he's broken the curse that's my theory about gopher football and i need him to break the yankees curse as well you know who i thought you were going to say who who did you think super similar to pj fleck dennis haysbert (laughs) i like it (laughs) i like it a lot (laughs) we gotta get pedro serrano on the bench He's got to do some of his Joe Boo shit, and then that'll break it. No just, actual affiliation want... with the Twins, but Haysbert's got, and he's around. He's doing his State Farm commercials. Pedro Serrano in one end of the dugout, PJ Fleck waving an oar in the other end of the dugout. The Twins can't lose. Can't lose. Can't lose. I love it. Uh, okay, John, we should probably get moving pretty quickly. I did have one. Do you have Do you have time for one last five minute question? Oh yeah. Well, I think this podcast has shown that a five-minute question could be a half-hour question, but I'm ready. Okay, so this is a thing I saw on Deadspin. Okay. And it's kind of been in my head a little bit, and I actually think they they kind of brought it up in a very sort of snarky, sarcastic sort of way, as Deadspin is wont to do, but it's an interesting thing. They were having an argument in their offices, and they wrote a little article about it. I don't know if you saw it, but I'm wondering what your answer would be. Um, between a debate of what is more likely for the average 
person to do? Three options. Get a hit in a Major League Baseball game. Score a point in an NBA game. Or get a first down in an NFL game. What do you think? Yes, I just I did see this. You did. Would okay. you like to go I, first on this one? I get. You're welcome to go like, first on this one. Shit, I don't know. I think those are all really good points. It was a very interesting, ridiculous article that I all couldn't right. stop thinking about, and I thought you would have an opinion. I, I do have an opinion, but I want to hear yours first. You you usually ask the questions and then have to go last. Yep. And then you lose Irv Smith as your as your bro. So, yep. as a courtesy, I want you to go first on this one. Okay. So my. Uh, my theory in general has always been uh, the answer would be a hit in baseball Um, because in baseball, luck plays a huge part of it. Uh, You could technically, potentially, actually close your eyes and get a hit in baseball because sometimes shit happens. And you're guaranteed to have, let's say, every one of these it's just one game, right? So you're going to have five potential chances at it. It's not a ton, but there's no other factors involved. You just have to stand up there and they're not, they're not going to walk you because you suck ass uh, and just somehow connect. And though uh, we'll use you, John, haven't played baseball in a long time. If you swing a bat like a normal grown adult and you do hit it on the barrel, like, you would hit a line drive and you would be able to run to first. And there's really no changing that. Um, so that's my, I think that's my answer. But the thing that was interesting to me that the guy brought up about the end. And my, my point in the NBA has long been there's, of course, there's some people who are like, well, you know, there's just so many chances in the NBA and there's, you know, different varying amounts of defensive intensity. If you're out there running around, Chances are at some point a ball is going to come to you and you'll put up a shot and it'll go in. My argument is uh, not only will you not make a shot, you will never take a shot that doesn't get blocked and you very likely will never be able to successfully dribble one time in an NBA game. You will not dribble right. once and get the ball back. <laughs> the minute the, the millisecond yeah. after it leaves your hand, it is stolen. You won't even be able to touch the ball to the ground. Like it's over. It's over for you. But the point that the guy made in the article was, what if you just cherry-picked the entire game and you never left the, the basically the cylinder of your offensive whatever? The other team is going to go down there in a five-on-four and you know probably make some sort of like alley-oop uh, 360 dunk on every possession. But if somebody, by weird circumstance, randomly just... Uh, has a turnover, your team will throw it down to you and you making a layup is probably a lot easier than, of course, getting a base hit in baseball. So that like sort of threw me for a little bit. Um, I still, my still, my answer is still baseball and NFL. Give me a break. I know there's uh, a, yeah. and if you like, do you follow Bill Barnwell on Twitter? Yes. So he always, no, I don't think I follow him on Twitter, but I, Okay, so, I'm obviously aware so of one of the things that he and I think it's Barnwell. I, I apologize if it's somebody else. Not like anybody gives a shit. Um, but he will sometimes do a thing where a hole will be so big um, through the line that he will Photoshop like Delvin Cook. Uh, the hole is so big that he will be able to Photoshop like eight Delvin Cooks through this line of like that's how <laughs> that's how big of a hole this is. Right. 
And so visually, you're like, oh, sure, shit happens. There's a crazy amount of blockers, and they thought something else was going to happen. And if you have a regular adult speed, maybe you somehow can sneak in there. Like, but you would die. You'd be right. you'd be dead immediately. There's there's absolutely no chance of I even if you changed it to gaining one yard in an NFL game, I would still <laughs> say there's absolutely no chance of you doing that. The only thing I could think about is is every once in a crazy blue moon, there's some sort of like you'd be able to do like one of those screen pass things where like, dude, just run over to the right and then look at me. I'm just gonna throw it to you and you just have to catch it. And if you turn around, somehow there'll be like six blockers in front of you. You have to have like the dumbest defensive team on the planet to make that work. Again I guess if 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 somehow the other team was not aware of what was going on and you lined up under center and lurched forward in a quarterback sneak, there's a possibility that you would gain one or maybe even two yards yep. before you died on the field of play. You only would have but that one play as a chance. As far as gaining a first down, gaining 10 yards in a single play, no, there's, there's literally no <laughs> chance. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, so, um, yeah, what do you think? Well, a lot depends on the amount of knowledge that the other team has about what's happening. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, if if somehow they can not recognize that you are the schlubbiest guy ever and that you have no chance of doing anything at all, then there maybe the pitcher throws a first pitch get me over fastball doesn't notice that you're swinging with your eyes closed and then you have a chance but ultimately it, what would in reality happen is they would look at you the, coming up to the plate and say this guy is this guy isn't touching anything and they would then notice that you're swinging with your eyes closed and that any pitch nearer to you than the outside half of the plate is causing you to fall down and whimper mm-hmm. and things would be over for you. There's, there's no chance a major league pitcher would throw you a pitch near enough for you to swing blindly and hit it. I just, I think the scenario where you either are cherry picking every play in an NBA game or you're literally just quickly winging the ball in the direction of the hoop (laughs) every play when it comes to you like assuming that this is some sort of make a wish foundation (laughs) thing where four nba players are determined to get you a point in an nba game i think uh, assuming that you have four nba players on your team who are all working to get you a point in the game i think you have a better chance of doing that than I, i just i can't foresee a scenario where swinging in a major league game, you're not only going to make contact with the ball, but hit it in fair territory in a way such that you're going to get a hit. And beyond that, the the other team would notice what you're doing up there, and they would very quickly have six infielders <laughs> and yeah, right. one outfield rover. Yeah. And you would have... Your entire the entire thing would be can you get the ball out of the infield and the answer is no you can't and you only get four chances yeah there's 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 no chance I suppose again it it depends on are we talking about one game or are we talking about an entire season 
like that that Mister Three Thousand movie with Bernie Mac where they were trying to get him in the three thousand set or whatever. Yeah. Do you have an entire season to go up there and just take your hacks? Then, then maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you just drop, uh, you are probably a bad example because you actually play baseball for a living, right? Not for a living, but you know what I mean. Mostly. You are probably a bad example for it's that. It's my only like, reason you, you for play living. baseball yeah. all the time. Yeah. But assuming that we put me out there, I haven't played in a competitive baseball game in two decades. There's no chance that if if you gave me a tennis racket, I wouldn't catch a piece of the ball enough to hit it in fair territory. There's no chance. So I'm going to say a point in an NBA game. Yeah. I think I agree with you, even though to me the idea is just the stupidest thing in the whole world. Like, you're going to have to make a half-court shot. Like, you're just going to have to have taken... You're going to have to take 40 half-court or basically close to half-court shots, and one of them is going to have to go in. Right? I I love that... I I love that the other comparison was getting a first down in football because there's literally no chance. I'm trying to think of what other comparisons for other sports would be. Like making a par on a PGA Tour hole. Yeah, that seems possible. Yep. Yep, that's doable. Making one save as a hockey goalie. Yeah, I I think that seems assuming you're just going to go down to your knees and pray that the puck doesn't get you directly in the face. At some point, somebody's going to tip a shot or accidentally the buck's going to hit you. Yeah. They're not going to shoot 100% on 40 shots for the game. No. Yeah, for sure. And the, a lot of guys, people will just, if you just stand there, the puck hits guys right in the yeah. belly all the time in hockey. They don't have, yeah. the don't get, guys don't have Don't get me wrong. To, yeah. You're not doing well. You're going to give up at least 20 goals, but <laughs> okay. you're going to make one save in there somewhere. All right. So hold on. Let me, let's, uh, let's, let's play this one out really quickly. If I put on... NHL pads. Yep. And just suit it up for the wild. Right. I would give up 20 goals. I would say that you would give up again, pretty quickly. The other team would realize what was happening. So they wouldn't hit their usual 32 shots on goal. They would pepper 65 shots on goal is what you're saying. Yeah. It wouldn't be, let's work for a good shot. It would be, let's get the puck anywhere near this guy (laughs) and watch it. Literal tears are falling, uh, right? Falling to the ice. This guy is—he's—he's he's sobbing. He's—he's he's laying on his side. He, the, there, there's an opportunity there. Yeah, but at some point you would—you would make some saves in there as well, of course. So that's a bad comparison. Um, I'm not going to go down the road of any other sports because you know me i'll go through 153 sports oh my god yeah all right high alive (laughs) what are the chances you don't die right yeah it is a very funny concept and if it weren't so dangerous i have to imagine there is just there would be so much fan interest to see this happen one game at the end of the season next year the uh uh, the Tigers are playing the Marlins. It's like fuck it, just put in, just put in our uh, our insurance guy. He loves the he loves the team. Let's just see what he can do up there. It would be, I just think, it would be the most interesting thing in the world. You know, this but, is but actually Doug, a good the insurance idea. guy would be killed somehow. I've got I've got another good idea. So last night I went to the U.S. Women's National Team playing Portugal at Allianz Field in St. Paul, and. I know you're not really a women's soccer guy, so I'll tell you that 
The, the USA is obviously amazing. They won the World Cup. And let's call Portugal a developing program. And the USA won 3 nothing. Portugal, the stats said that they had a shot. They didn't have a shot. They didn't have a single shot all night. They had no chance of having a chance at a shot all night. It was an absolute beating. But what if the U.S. team had been, let's say, eight U.S. women's national team players Mm -hmm. and three randomly selected fans? What would have happened? Let's let's find out. That's what the victory tour should be for the U.S. women's national team. Yep. They play Portugal and three fans are pulled out of the crowd. Maybe they're maybe they're old people. Maybe they're nine year olds. I, just what what's going to happen? I, I, I want to see that. Well, I mean, you could have think of the charity angle on this. Right. It would be not a make a wish thing. It'd be someone in, in full health, but they are given million, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands, whatever that the, the charity auction wins. Like you're going to go actually play a game. Right, like you're, you're, that's a think once of, in a lifetime opportunity. Think, find some millionaire. They would pay so much money, and they have to right. be like a pretty decent athlete. Boy, that'd be fun to watch. Some Silicon Valley idiot that yeah is on Twitter talking about how he won't watch women's soccer because they can't play with the men. Elon and, Musk, exactly. Yeah, he just go out there and get totally embarrassed. Just get that would his be awesome. ass kicked. It'd be so fun for charity. Oh, yeah, that would be great. I agree. Let's do that. Let's do it. All right, so we'll we'll get to work on that. All right. All right, that's enough talking. Yeah, that five-minute topic went on for 20 minutes. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. All right, cool. Well, uh, good talking to you, Jonathan. I'm glad we got to do this. Brandon, it's good to see you. Uh, a personal message to Stu and Chicken. Come back. Please come please. back. You've you've heard us now. We're, we're done. Right. We're out. We have nothing going I'll, on. I'll bet you even know the names of the Vikings offensive line. <laughs> right. We need that. Sweaty butt guy is all we know. Sweaty. Sweaty butt guy. Yeah. Poor, poor Garrett Bradbury. Poor Garrett. A first round draft pick, an exceptional college career. He's starting for an NFL offensive line. His first year out of college. True. The Gear Bear. And 20 years from now, somebody will mention Garrett Bradbury's name. And if I think anything at all, I'll think that was the center with the sweaty butt, yeah, wasn't it? Dude with the, yeah. Oh, Monumental ass guy. sweat. Okay, cool, John. Uh... <laughs> also a great podcast title, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy all right cool well let's uh let's say goodbye till next week all right goodbye till next week goodbye mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.